I would like to say thank you to Patchworks for their continued support of the show. Um, not just modular gear, not just synthesizer gear. We've got a lot of, well, we've, they've got a lot of really, really great uh, studio stuff. So if you are trying to build your own small home studio or even build out a pretty uh, substantially sized home studio, They've got you covered. So please go visit patchworks.com, P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. You can check out all the amazing um, synth stuff they have, Eurorack stuff. They carry foreign mess. I mean, they carry everything. Make noise, Schlappy, After Later Audio, Recovery Effects, uh, Qubit. They've got it all. They even got some Buchla stuff in there. A um, lot of cool groove boxes. You know the deal. So once again, patchworks.com, P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. Hello and welcome back to Podular Modcast. This week, Jamie Liddell returns to the show and we have an excellent conversation. We even do some uh, live patching. Well, Jamie does. Um, and we get a pretty awesome uh, little uh, rundown of this intensely elaborate patch that he, uh, that he has built. So look forward to that. Um, but before we get into that, I want to take a moment to talk about the Patreon. Thank you if you have recently subscribed, or if you've subscribed in the past, or if you're a longtime subscriber. Um, I've been saying for the last two years that my goal has been to get to 200 Patreon supporters. But over the past, you know, five years, it's it's you know, it kind of got to a, a certain point, and it's just stayed in this state of stasis where people come and go. Um, and you know, admittedly, I haven't done a whole lot. Of bonus material or anything for the Patreon, so I am trying to beef that up. So keep in mind that the last few episodes have um, bonus portions of the episode that are only available to the Patreon subscribers. Um, and yeah, we're going to have one with, with Jamie today. Uh, he's actually going to give us a little singing lesson, so I'm really excited about that. Um, but yeah, I'm also going to be passing along some uh, some gear that I don't really use anymore to some to some Patreon subscribers. Um, it's not gonna be a contest, so you don't have to do anything to like enter to win. I'm just gonna randomly post at some point in the near future, hey, I've got all this stuff. Tell, tell me which which uh, little package you want. I'm gonna divide it all up and uh, it's gonna be first come, first serve. Got some modules, patch cables, cassette tapes, um, stickers, all sorts of fun stuff. So yeah, let's, let's truly make 2023 the year that I do get to 200 Patreon subscribers. Uh, so if you would like to help out, uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash podular modcast. I also want to say thank you to Novation. I'm loving my Summit. It is such a cool synth, and I'm actually going to build my own uh, multi-voice on it in today's episode. So here's a little preview of the voice we are going to check out momentarily. Really, really fun. But anyways, I digress. I also want to say thank you to 4MS for their support of the show. Please visit them online. Uh, link in the show description. You know I'm loving that shaped dual envelope VCA. Um, and I, I'm just currently trying to wrap my head around how to best use the, uh, the new shuffling clock multiplier. Super, super cool module. Um, they've also got a, a mini version of the pingable envelope generator out and a couple other um, 
really nice envelope VCA modules. Um, so yeah, if you would like to learn more about those, please go uh, hit the link in the show description to check out their cool stuff. I've also I picked up uh, two pods recently, the little powered pods, and you can daisy chain them together. And I've actually learned recently that I can power either my Soma Enter or my Make Noise uh, Strega with just one power outlet or my battery, my Max Oak USB battery. So be on the lookout for some really cool uh, remote performances with those. Once again, I also want to say thank you to everybody who has uh, supported my my mom's GoFundMe page. Uh, as you know, if you've been listening to uh, the show for the last few weeks, she's been in the hospital since early December. So yeah, it's been a long time, but I did get to actually have a lucid conversation with her the other day, which was really nice. So she's she's definitely getting better. And she's I told her about how so many people from the synth community donated to her GoFundMe and she just, she can't believe it um so I, i'm hoping hoping once she's all uh, healed up i can bring her on on the show to uh, personally thank you guys um i got to play her the christmas song that i made for her finally even though it's past christmas um and she actually uh let me know today that she she's wanting to hear it again so that's really sweet um i'll put a link in the show description to that gofundme because she's been in the icu for over two months and i'm not sure what the insurance is going to cover and i'm pretty sure that bill is going to be hefty so if you would like to help out there you can okay and the final order of business is if you could be so kind as to hit the subscribe button uh here on youtube if that's how you're ingesting your modular modcast that would mean a whole heck of a lot to me i hate to even say stuff like this but it's part of the business and i don't even need to tell you this last part and but you know me this is how i do things um so yeah thank you so much for coming back to podular modcast let's check out a little demo on the novation summit and then get into our chat with jamie liddell all right i'm going to show you how to uh, build a brand new voice on the multi-side of the novation summit super super easy um, navigation of all the controls and a lot of really cool features um, so just to start out we have our a and b voices here um, we can layer those we can split them or we can do dual so layered this is just the initial patch here um, so Let's do a dual really quick. So that means if I'm on the A side, we're only listening to the A voice and then go to the B. And then split, we got A over here, B there. But let's just do dual for building the voice so we can just listen to one at a time. What I like to do is turn down oscillators two and three. So here's your mixer. Um, so there's oscillator one. Here we have our waveforms sine, triangle, ramp, square. And then if you go to this more section, that's where you can go into kind of this bank of wave shapes. So that's what I like to do. So we have a sine. Um, so also all sorts of cool sounds. Let's do, let's do some yeah voices um, for oscillator one. I also, because this is gonna be the A voice and when I play it in split, I'm gonna want it to be kind of my bass. I'm gonna bring it down to the lowest octave range. All right, I really like that. And then we have an FM here. So this, you can modulate oscillator one from oscillator three, and then oscillator one can modulate oscillator two, and then two can do three. So I'm happy with this so far for voice one. So let's now go to 
our voice, our oscillator two voice. Um, gonna go up, so I'm gonna keep that at the eight octave range here. Um, so it's a little higher. Let's choose a cool waveform. Yeah, and I like that. So let's mess with our shape. Now we can do some FM. So once again, manually. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Mod. Your envelope. Or your uh, LFO. Oh, that's kind of cool. So let's listen to it with uh, oscillator one now. Cool. Okay, now let's get to oscillator three. Now let's do some sh uh, wave shaping here. Okay, I like that. So let's do the mod envelope to bring that down a little bit. Actually, I don't want that. I want LFO one. And now we can use oscillator two to do some FM. <laughs> it's a little intense. That's kind of cool. Oh, wow. I like that. And then um, oscillator three has uh, a noise option. So that's pretty nice. So our filter here, we're, um, the, uh, is being controlled by LFO one. So here you can control the depth of the, uh, the LFO here on the filter. And then you can also use oscillator three to, um, modulate the filter. Okay. Now I have the first part of my cool new voice, but there's a whole other side. So let's do that now. Same process. I'm going to do this probably quicker and cut a lot of this part out. All right. So now I'm at uh, a point where I feel pretty good about this. So let's just, uh, let's play a little ditty on it. So that's split mode here, um, and then uh, layered is also really fun.
Yeah, man. So, well, hey, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to, yeah. uh, to t- chat with you again. It's been about a, a little over a year and a half since you were on last. And I figured. Is that right? My fucking, yeah. It feels like so long. Yeah. Well, it feels really long to me because I was, uh, I was still in my apartment in Seattle and my wife and I bought a house uh, in Tacoma. Um, and it was a year in November. So this whole upstairs bedroom here is my, my studio slash workspace. So, um, yeah, I, I'm just loving it. It's, but you know, it's, it's, I've rearranged it seven times since I've been in here. And last night <sighs> I'm going through the internet looking for the perfect, uh, you know, like keyboard stand versus desk. Uh, because right now I've actually had to set, set a keyboard stand up for my laptop and interface because I figured <laughs> it's right. a lot cooler to have the, the fucking modular shit behind me than just a wall, you know? So. Yeah, you know, but, there you go. Yeah, it's oh, I know. See, they, that is something I really admire about people who make it all look so beautiful in video form. <laughs> you know, I've, I, I've worked on this patch. I've got a patch up at the moment. I've worked on it for, man, I've, I don't know how long I've worked on it. Maybe a month. Okay. It's like, it's, it's an epic it's like mm-hmm. one, the most <laughs> epic patch. Well, I made this polysynth and that was on a par. Okay. Um, Are you playing with the keys? Or? Is, yeah, I've got, um, ooh, this is quite hard, isn't it, to explain? I mean, I could <laughs> just show it. Should I just show it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, uh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> Holy to, shit, to, man. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a beast because... You see, it's mostly focused. It's mostly focused around the um, the two, the droid, right? What? Yeah. What? Uh, what the, is the droid? The, I'm not. It's basically that motorized fader system. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering what that was. That's. Oh wow! Holy shit! And that's a Euro module. Yeah. Each module is a bank of four faders. Oh, very cool. Okay. And they're they're really pricey, uh, but they're. I bet really well made they're they're tremendously well made in fact the whole ecosystem is yeah it's really it's really uh, it's not perfect but it's it's very useful for me because i come from that background of making loopers in max msp Mm -hmm. kind of negotiating all of the awkwardness between your idea Mm -hmm. you know totally and all of the parameters especially with loopers because this is essentially just a big looper mm-hmm. so, what's going on uh, with that tablet that is running the loopy software okay um okay. and the thing of the droid can actually do midi as well as cv right so okay, cool. i'm actually controlling loopy with the faders and the buttons oh, okay so i can use yeah and uh, there's visual feedback from the looper on the buttons and yeah, it's 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 quite cumbersome to explain, but essentially, I've I used to use this looper that was made by Tim Exile back in the day, and uh, it was such a good looper. He built it in Reactor, and uh, it's called the Flow Machine. And really, the thing about it that I love so much was the faders, because mm-hmm. when you're making a sound, and I ca- I really use the same scheme for this looper. 
like you start with a high pass filter and then it's resonance and then you have the low pass filter and it's resonance and then you go into like a reverb and it's the herb verb next with its own four faders you've got a wet and dry then you've got the size and you've got a couple of other parameters and then it moves on to the mimeophone and there's buttons underneath all the faders so i can turn the clock send to the mimeophone or not and then you know change the wet and dry change the, the speed and then if it's in a very short mode and i take the clock off i can run a, a rampage through it and it will uh -huh. suddenly become it will take control over the um the time so you get like a if you put the feedback up you get a crazy flanger uh oh, cool. you know yeah and just sort of and then there's the er301 at the end of it which is basically like recording the whole input the whole time and you can just freeze it and scan through it mm -hmm. and then all of that goes into the looper and then the looper has its own page with all the volumes of all the tracks and then if they have a high and low pass filter which i sort of did dj style so if it crosses the midline of the fader then it you know, starts to be a high pass and all that. And then uh, the good no the good thing about the faders is once you're done, and this is what happened with Tim Axel's looper, one of the big problems with looping is you do all this stuff and once you've stopped recording, it carries on making sound, you know, and it like mm -hmm. throws that into the loop or it goes over the loop you've made. So like having like hard resets for everything with the faders is so cool because you can literally, I can go crazy with the faders, push it right into reverb, do the mad flanging and just kind of like start to, to mess it up and then press one button and all the faders slam back down and then you, you're right back at the start again yeah. and you can see it you know yeah. and it's just yeah, that yeah. stupid sort of ape like thing of like what's happening with this <laughs> how would you do that any other way you know you right. could use like the poly M preset or something like that but it's just not faders you know it's faders mm -hmm. faders are so cool everyone knows faders are the way you can get m most fingers on control and really like and just dreaming up stuff like i just can't i keep thinking of new ideas to do with the droid you know and this whole uh -huh. way of thinking if only it wasn't so expensive i mean i'll just get a whole other yeah. one and have it to control <laughs> other stuff because uh -huh. i got one of those um you know l1 the company l1 i think that so makes what it like it's kind of like um uh they make really high quality kind of VCAs and mixers okay. and ADSRs. And they also make this voltage controlled resonant EQ, which is like oh, wow. four of these EQs and they all kind of pass into one another. Oh, and, cool. Yeah, and it's super fun to sort of craft the sound because you can, uh, you know, you can find these sweet spots and you can really push like resonance of one into another and, and so on. How and, many but, bands I was thinking, does that like, have on it? It's four. Four bands, okay. Four bands, like with bandwidth, frequency, and level, and then a master and a master control as well. It it really needs a lot of CV to really make it animate. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was thinking, oh man, this would be so cool with the Droid, where you just had all of that on faders. The limit of the Droid system currently, and it's been a pain in my ass a little bit, is it only has eight CV outs. Mm. so really for my system i need a lot more so i ended up buying this thing called by a company called flame which is basically a midi cc to cv converter 
Mm-hmm. But the downside is it's seven bit MIDI and it's zero to five volts output. And a lot of the make noise stuff, it needs eight volts. You know what I mean? It yeah. needs a little bit more than five. So I've had to use like, that's one thing that pisses me off about Eurorack, I'll be honest. It's <laughs> just like just negotiating with a module every time you need to do something. Like I just need a bit more signal level out of this thing. Yeah, totally. So I was of just course re- I need a booster. That. Yeah, <laughs> Man, I, like, I was... <laughs> Crazy, I was that, so I've got a V drum set and um I actually just had uh, the last or the week before last uh, I had uh John McIntyre from Tortoise and uh Sam amazing Precop from the CN Cake. Ooh. They were in my they were in this room so with me. Cool. It was cool. Amazing. Yeah, it was pretty surreal. Yeah. I've been a fan of both of those bands for so long. Um yeah. but we were talking Hard about voice. his drum his drum setup and uh I was saying like yeah, I want to find a way to trigger my modules with my V drum pads, but I think they need to be powered or because they have TRS cables. <laughs> so I thought the brain powered them and he's like, You should you should just try it. And now I, I did and I can run every just unpowered straight into the trig in. So yeah. I set up like a patch bay so it can go to the brain so I can still use the brain and then plug it into whatever module I What's want. The br- oh, the brain of the of the just my old yeah. The, yeah. It's like a 99 the V Rollins. drum. It's yeah. Um yeah. But I found that uh you know cuz you can adjust the velocity and everything on the brain well you can't really do that straight from the pad to the uh, and I was finding that some of the on on, even on the same module I was actually thinking of you with this module the other day um <laughs> when I was listening to your Red Means recording um, episode, but I have this drum module from uh, a company in Portland called Weston Precision Audio, and they do a little uh, all analog 808 drum machine. So it's got all the eight sounds from that, and um, it's pretty simple, but it sounds really cool. But I was finding that the hi hat, like it, it won't like I would have to smash <laughs> it to trigger it. So I actually yeah. use this thing that we have uh, that After Later Audio has called the Blend, where you can sum your channels one and two and like turn them up. So I just added a but like dialed in my voltage for what I needed. But then I'm like, do I want to have like eight blends just for turning up voltages? So I gotta I want to find a better solution. So hang but on, yeah, what's that's the issue? just your triggers are either on or off, or do they have some voltage range? I it's like it seems it was more about the input of the drum so like the kick drum would I was yeah, you know sending right, to the right, kick right. and that was triggering the snare was triggering but for some yeah. and all the symbols but for some reason the hi-hat and I even tried other other triggers <laughs> um but for some reason yeah. the trig in on that hi-hat needs a lot more juice and I don't you know it's just you know one of those what's things good do you have a frap tools 321 no, I don't have any of their stuff, but I would like to. Yeah, that's nice good stuff. because it's three amplifiers, okay. which is quite rare to find. So you can, obviously, you can get the dirt for amplifier, but that's just one amp mm-hmm. you'll get for that. So the three, two, one is good. Okay. Uh, that's good. I'll, yeah, I'll I recommend that. that. It does bank. your usual, yeah, attenuation and all that kind of nonsense, but it will give you boost as well, which is it's just harder to find, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Actual yeah. boost. So I think I can't remember how much it gives you, but it gives you enough to really change the signal. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I know all of those small things, and it's just like in software. Of course, when I used to build stuff in Max MSP, that was just a question of, you know, you put a number box in, and it mm-hmm. or you put a, like a you know a multiplier box, and you're <laughs> right, done. Right. Yeah, but in Eurorack, you need an actual module for that, which right. it starts to make you think, "Ah, oh, this is actually really ridiculous." And in a way, it sort of shows you 
when you when you work with a droid a little bit the droid is kind of like a hybrid between well it's not hybrid it's it is um you program it with this thing called droid forge uh, which is actually really clever stuff because initially when the droid thing came out it was just a text editor that you had to use to tell it what to do yeah Mm -hmm. which which was you know to Matthias's credit you know their man their machine the guy who does (coughs) those modules it was still really easy to understand you know Mm -hmm. You address the LFO module and then you tell it from a series of commands what to do and then out it comes. Mm -hmm. But yeah, now the Droid Forge is basically editing that text file for you, but with a a graphical GUI. And once you get your head around that kind of scheme, it's pretty powerful. You know, you can do Mm -hmm. all kinds of stuff with button groups. You can... You can, yeah, like make the faders like on this thing. When you saw those faders jumping, what that's doing is it's changing what the output of all the faders is going to be. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. 16 different outputs suddenly changing to an entirely different bank of 16 outputs. You know? Wow. And so then, if you did God, have do... 32 CV outs, you would be able to access 32 different things from that and you could see it all the time and recall it and store presets and visually see them. It's super, super powerful. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I, I found, well, this is like a very, very simplified and art, more arduous way of doing kind of what you've figured out with that mm-hmm. droid. But, you know, I just like, I have a, a DPW, uh, you know, yeah. Two two channel switch. <coughs> um and then there's this module right. by um uh Mystic Circuits. It's a, actually an expander for one of their modules for the tree and leaves and the leaves is just like a stepped voltage generator and it's on nice faders. So you know just like put ah. a, you know the different values of those faders into um into a switch, you know, so you're switching between the values but then you have to like clock it and make sure that when the switch hits you got to like multiply multiply that into the the input for the steps to advance you know so it's just like classic modular like yeah you can do <laughs> yeah. it that way but <laughs> i know isn't it crazy i mean i think yeah yeah i mean it's true i i mean i having done all of this inside max and having seen tim's reactor patch there are some things which definitely are more sensible to do in software. There's no question. Oh, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> this I find myself thing should be done in software. Quite frankly, totally. I find myself thinking that almost like, well, I just got yeah. this Novation Summit, and I'm sitting down like building, you know, building voices on that and playing music, and it's just like, oh, what I just made on this and recorded, all within an hour and a half. This would have been like a whole day of putting. You oh, know, yeah unpatching patching and sometimes i find myself like why am i into this at all but then when you finally get to one of those yes magical zones you're like well this is why because you can't really do like this is yeah i was just saying to my wife i've spent i mean this is really like my raymond scott style endeavor you know i'm a big raymond scott fan i mean although this is not anywhere near his level because he was actually building <laughs> from the ground up the entire mm-hmm. machine. This is definitely like one of the things I, I wanted to do, like um, 
maybe I don't know. I'm just talking about this because I, I feel like this gives you a window into like where my <laughs> obsessions lead me. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know. Maybe it's interesting. Maybe it's not. I, it, I mean, one thing's for sure. I would recommend anyone who's into like seeing what they're doing to at least look at that droid thing because it's not that hard to really learn what what everything does although it could be easier quite frankly but at the, at the end of the day just like with max or with reactor it is complicated what it's doing you know totally yeah. so you can't just mm-hmm. go oh it should be really easy but it, it's as easy as it can be almost it's uh so you, right. you have to be prepared to sort of put your thinking cap on a bit and go what am i trying to do here mm-hmm. like um mm-hmm. you know and then if you really just break down the problem this is something that i i think if you're into modular it's good for you if really if you like to solve problems quite frankly totally it's yeah you know, it's i'm like starting to understand yeah. that that's good for my brain i mean we've come to understand that our whole family is autistic you know i yeah. am autistic and i'm more than happy to just share that i'm not going to say i have an autistic spectrum disorder i'm not going to use the word disorder mm-hmm. it is a uh, positive as far as i'm concerned if i allow myself to embrace what it is that regulates me and that like makes me happy you know what i mean mm-hmm. and one of the things i've done consistently is this obsessive focusing on some crazy task like this mm-hmm. when i made my looper in max msp it was very similar Mm-hmm. You know, I just would went down incredible rabbit holes to achieve these things. Sometimes it literally is. I see it with climbers because my son's really into climbing. Like, uh, and like climbers, like that guy Sean Rabatou, who's like you know an incredible boulderer. He does all the hardest boulders. And like, there's this beautiful bit of video I saw of him recently where he was like, "To be honest, it's just like I, it's just working on the problem is is better than finishing it to me." To be honest, I I. <laughs> you know? I totally agree with that like i I make yeah. less music than i used to pre-modular because i'm spending more time <laughs> yeah. either tearing right. you know, building the perfect case or whatever or building a patch um but right. you know it's it's kind of like the zen in the art of motorcycle maintenance thing like you know yes, like becoming the go. task right. and the task is the thing um yeah can i ask you a question I, a, a, a yeah. question about the where you was that a recent discovery uh, that Rel- the, the- relatively recent yeah okay. i mean our son was more obvious i suppose uh in that he has sort of like stimming behavior and stuff um which mm-hmm. is more visually obvious you know pe- mm-hmm. people know about autism a little bit stimming is like the a regulatory regulatory behavior uh mm-hmm. sometimes yeah, it can be a flapping of the arms uh, in my case as i've come to understand it has always been singing funnily oh enough. wow and I've realized okay. that's how I've used it. I've talked about it in interviews before. I never really thought that it's my way of regulating. Wow. And I always was okay. confused why when I used to go and visit my dad, like I was always really stressed out, you know. It wasn't mm-hmm. just that it was a stressful scene with him, but it was because I couldn't sing really. I didn't feel comfortable to sing, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I almost mm-hmm. feel like when you're in your natural habitat, you could be naked, for example. You could right. be in mm-hmm. your zone and be naked and go, yeah, that's right, I'm naked. Similarly, if you feel really relaxed to the point where you could do that, you could also stim and feel like, yeah, I'm doing my thing. And like, mm-hmm. and that's good. But if you're in an environment where you feel like that would be frowned upon and you're in that environment for too long, it starts to have a really negative effect on your mind. You know? 100%, yeah. You start <clears throat> to feel dysregulated. You start to feel like stressed and 
uh, and you don't. I never used to know why, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, this is having huge explanatory power for us, uh, me, my wife, and our son especially. And we're working out how to, how to deal with him if he's having too much sensory input and stuff. I mean, it's a huge topic, obviously, and I'm totally, by no means yeah. an expert. We are just learning about it. My wife knows uh-huh. a lot more about it than I do. But it's helped me to realize that I am this way. Yeah, you know? yeah, and totally. Why have I always been into these crazy things obsessively, <laughs> like like a maniac? Uh-huh. And I was just like, yeah, are you, you society wants to kind of, yeah, you could label you just as a nerd, which is quite a convenient way of boxing up a lot of autistic people, quite frankly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like people who want to have massive have collections who want to obsess on something who become extremely knowledgeable about a small topic, you know, to do that takes a certain kind of person. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I think the, the modular community, quite frankly, it, it kind of like puts its hand up and says, we're all likely part of this uh, <laughs> tribe, quite frankly. Well, you know? yeah, the, the, it's, I'm, I'm really relieved to, to hear that it provided so much like um, explanatory power because I actually have a friend who um, late forties, you know, was recently actually was watching a TV show that had um, a character who was on the spectrum. And, you know, my friend started relating to this character a lot. And and then that kind of spurred them to, uh, you know, get tested. And, and they said that the, the, like the, the the explanatory power of it was just like a you know yeah. an immense sense of relief and I, I the only thing that I can equate this to is um, I was diagnosed dyslexic when I was in third grade, right? Um, but you yep. know this was in the early nineties and I'm and That's through my it. whole life so I was told you know that basically no one said that made me dumb but I had you know because it was a learning disability. I like in hindsight, I took advantage of that. My parents only expected C's. So I did the bare minimum to get C's, which was very easy. Um, I yeah, even pretended right. that I wasn't uh, understanding stuff in this one um, reading class so I could go be with my friends in the like the, the lower level class. Um, yeah, but right. As I, you know, as I've gotten older, I started questioning that because, you know, like it just, I, I never felt like the right diagnosis. And I, 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 got yep. tested for ADHD and maybe I have both, but I, you know, I, you know, tested very high on the ADHD thing. And, you know, now that I've got, a, you know, someone I can talk to professionally about that, who's given me the right medications. Like, I feel like, you know, I'm still figuring it out, but it was like, okay, this is why I avoid this type of thing or, you know, cause you, you, That's right. especially with ADHD, you, you start so many things and not finish it and you've got, a bunch of plates spinning mm-hmm. and then you forget to do, you know, you forget to pay a bill or you forget to, you that's know, called executive function. What's that? Yeah, executive. That's yeah. what they call executive function. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Which is low on the, on the list for, for autistic people. Yeah. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I, I feel like the terms are changing and the times are changing, totally, you know, yeah. to not, that's why I'm saying, like, I'm a big advocate of not calling autism autism spectrum disorder because yeah. the disorder mm-hmm. is an ableist perspective. It's just a different way of having your brain wired, and that is it. 
Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, totally. and like the world is disabling to people in a wheelchair if there are no ramps. Exactly. As soon as there are yeah. ramps, it's they are no longer disabled. Mm-hmm. You know, so mm-hmm. it's not you are disabled. The world disables you depending Mm -hmm. on how it's set up. So if you are very sensitive to loud places and you have to always go to the mall where the lights are crazy bright and everyone, there's loads of noise, you're going to get dysregulated. You're going to freak out. Yeah. You know, it's knowing yourself is so important and like trying to like, you know, understand what's going on. Like that can just change your entire life, you know? Totally. Yeah. My, um, so my wife, actually this has happened since we last talked, but my, um, my wife ended up getting a job as the uh, horticultural manager of the Pacific science center in Seattle, um, primarily the tropical butterfly house. Yeah. I mean, incredible. She gets to work with tropical plants and butterflies. She gets to see them like come out of a chrysalis (laughs) and everything. It's pretty amazing. It's such a good job. Yeah. Oh yeah. She's cool. uh, We're just so excited, but just last week they had um they had an event basically they they blocked off a period of time and i think they do this once a month where um they turn down the lights they they turn down everything that makes a lot of noise and it's specifically for for people who want to enjoy a place like this but it is too overstimulating so they create this like love it when and and when you and it's free you don't have to pay for admission love and i just it. think that's such a cool uh, like progressive it idea is, it is well you are on the west coast right <laughs> yeah i mean see i mean the pacific science center in seattle yeah you don't yeah. get more progressive than that um no but i see that just and, and that's the thing I don't know. I feel like much more people would enjoy that than we're willing to admit. You know what I mean? It's not that we're willing oh, yeah. to admit. Though. I mean, who wouldn't? In, I don't know. I don't know. So, yeah. but anyway, it's definitely, I think that's the thing. I mean, this is a very long winded way of explaining like why we do things in modular. But as you said, you could achieve these things in software. But this morning I was just saying to my wife like how happy I was because I sneakily turned the system on because I've got a lot of other things to do. And it's like, <laughs> I'll just turn it on because I've got some tweaking to do. Yeah, yeah. You know, I still need to do the mute buttons. I still have like a list of things I want to do. So I turned it on and I just started like, as always happens, I'll get a tone. I'll be like, oh, yeah, that sounds quite good. And like the thing is, it's ready to go now, you know. Mm-hmm, I turn mm-hmm. it on and I can just play and like – I hit record on the computer and I just thought of a stream of consciousness uh, in the way that I always used to love doing things with my looper. It's very spontaneous and it, and it, I can really get so much tone variation because I've got a voice switcher on the polyend preset. So I'll just, I'll, and what what's cool about it, I'll show you actually, hang on. Basically, okay, so you're looking at the whole thing here. See how I'll, I'll, I'll play a sound, right? You've got the high-pass filter. Oh, I'm making mm-hmm. more sustain. So oh, this uh-huh. tone is coming out of an XPO, just like, which is being modulated by an op, so it's sort of on the move a little bit. Then okay. the low-pass filter is next. And it has an envelope. This is the envelope. And you have an envelope amount. Okay. So you've just got traditional stuff there. You see already, it's quite fun to have the faders. Oh, yeah, yeah. The high-pass filter is the Duranalog filter 8, and then it goes into the surge variable Q. Okay. And the way the signal goes is, it go, the oscillator here, um, 
Yeah, this is selecting one oscillator. This is moving on to the cloud terrarium. Oh wow! And okay. They all go through. Um, they go through these precision adders. So they're. I'm like. <laughs> oh, I can actually, cool. you know, they all have their own precision adders. Well, the two uh -huh. voices do, but this is just the the mode to select the sound. There are different levels, obviously, and also different notes for some reason. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Part, but okay, so anyway, yeah, we've got the we've got the motion from the filters. That was some like good formant stuff there for a second. Yeah, and then I can add like an additional bit of control to the filter envelope from a from this thing. Oh yeah, Maestro, is that a maestro? Um, <clears throat> yeah, the maestro, so they can, you know, set it. Oh, very cool. Now I can add, like, reverb to that. Oh, wow. Then at any time I can just record that as a loop, right? Uh huh. I've got. I've just added this function to it to change the loop length. So this add. We'll make a loop. Now that's playing from the looper. I switch to the looper control mode, and then I've got my volume for that loop. Okay. Oh, the nice. High low pass of the loop. The reverb sound. Oh, on wow. The loop. Now, so when now you switch back, note. so you basically switched what the the faders were controlling with a different preset yes. button, now right? The, now I'm controlling the loop. High low pass filter on loop one. So, if you switched back to so what you I had show, previously, does it save what, where you left off? Yeah. Oh man. That's like great. Also, this is going to reset my patch to no reverb and no filters. Oh, wow. Cool. Actually, it didn't. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't really work. I can save it again, and it kind of like flashes when I save my preset. Okay. So anyway, that's loop one. I can remove loop one by just pressing the erase loop one button. Okay. And then we're back to our normal control as before. The volume of the voice actually is from this part here. Okay. Um, oh, that's cool. Quite nice. And then I can also record it into, which is off camera right now, but there's a intro Lubla. Uh -huh. <laughs> so I'll record this drone to that now. Now it's playing here. This is why I have a second keyboard. Because let me like, overdub some notes on that. Off the off the Luba, right? But this mm -hmm. another key, this keyboard here now will transpose oh, that. Oh, ice. Okay. Oh, very cool. I can 
and now overdub on top of that. You're a fucking wizard, Jamie. Then that loop wow. is kind of dying away because it's overdubbing. Like uh huh. Yeah, right. But that can erase that. And then, so you've got different ways of looping and different ways of controlling things. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, this, uh, I ought to have a, vo- there, I ought to have a, a voice input, but for some reason that's, that's not happening right now. But uh, I just have to configure it. Mm-hmm. Haven't, haven't configured that yet. Uh, but yeah, so because my new mode was to have, Basically, I also allow myself to um, have this the input from the voice, as we saw. Mm-hmm. This is quite a nice feature. Like, um, see, I should be able to recall that. Okay, that was cool. So, let's put a decent sound up again. Here's our filter again. Take the sample and hold off. Just turn the filter amount. Okay, fine. We've got uh, ADSR here with the filter in the envelope. But you see, the Nerdsick is playing. And if I if I put it, if I put it on that ah. mode, now we're hearing the gate and pitch information from the Nerdsick and not the keyboard. Okay. Where are the cables from the droid? Like They're like here. Oh, oh, do they have like an expander yeah. that is behind or something, or you can put somewhere yeah, else in the rack? Far away on a, like, a little bit of a, a little bit of okay. an expander. You know? They should make an expander to, for the outputs. That's, you were just I saying think they might. I mean, okay. It's just they're very high quality inputs and outputs on a really high chip, so he's having a hard time with it. Um, but yeah, I think that probably will happen. But here, uh, here comes the here comes the flange, right? So this is what I was talking about. We are set the the rampage going. Put the mimeophone on. Oh wow! Oh. <laughs> that is a nice flanger. Yeah, because it's being controlled by the speed of the rampage here. Oh wow! Okay. Is that just cycling, or you have that triggered by something? Okay. That's just the 301 doing its thing. See, now I can't really change that because that's like the nerd seat doing its thing. I can Mm -hmm. record that because it's all clock synced. The nerd Mm -hmm. seat and the loop are actually in sync with one another. So if I put that to a one, two, if I put that to a one bar loop now, hit it. Now we've got it, here's a loop. Of course, the looper has like reverb and shit. <laughs> now I can sort of go to my sequence and I'm on the second, the first oscillator, I can just switch up. Oh, wow. down another channel. The good thing about Loopy is it will record a longer sequence, but it will still retain the idea of a bar. Okay. 
Now, now I'm on long notes, so I change it to the keyboard mode. You know what I mean? And reset yeah. the settings. that you know yeah that is yeah and, and it's good because you know that's sort of like one level of it then the other level of it is basically hang on a minute make sure something fall off um i can have i have an external input that's the pulsar 23 and then another oh, external cool. input which is like a vocal so really it starts to i mean for me like playing with the synths it's not really my world i'm not a keyboard player but when i vocal loops is what i do so mm -hmm. once it, it, the thing about it is we talked about doing it in modular why i really like the effects of the modular and like their playability and that's pretty unique i think uh, mm -hmm. i mean obviously in software you could do it with vsts and you could probably get some pretty beautiful incredible sounds they are different though, you know what I mean? Yeah. They are different. And mm -hmm. especially, I don't, I think it, it shines when you're using oscillators through the chain because it's sort of meant to be at Euro rack levels and stuff. I mean, to be honest, the gain staging is always a problem because the voice yeah. goes through uh, one of these L1 VCAs. They're good, they have that chips in them and they're good sounding. And then um, that actually then goes into a natural gate straight away afterwards. So if I really want to clamp down that envelope even further, the same gate information that's going in gets sent to the natural gate. I can use the nerd seekers uh, sender. And I've also got the circadian rhythms. It's just the trigger sender. So it mm -hmm. will, it will take CV from the keyboard, but it will do the gates. Okay. And then okay. that will all go through the two VCAs, the one which has the ADSR, and also that goes straight into a natural gate. So if I want to super clamp down on it, it's just all part of like getting a sound quick and trying mm -hmm. to like what I would think of to go, I want it more snappy, way more snappy, snappier yeah. than ADSR. So then I want the, the natural gate, and it's amazing at that. Um, you know, you know. For the gain so, staging issues, because yeah, you know, like I've recently, I've always wanted to put my guitar through modular, um, be, you know, yeah, like yeah. because of the mm -hmm. effects side of it. And, um, that was always kind of an issue. Um, and you know, there are a lot of different pedal converters and stuff, but I, I feel like, um, I just recently got a bunch, like a couple things from board brain and they have, I think three different options for different ways. They've got like one that's called the, uh, exchanger. So it's, you know, it's mm -hmm. either three stereo channels or, you know, six mono and two of them, um, go from Euro to pedal and then, um, or three of them or four of them, excuse me, four of them, two of the channels. Mm -hmm. And then one of them is the, the reverse. So, you know, I can get my, 
my summit oh, into uh -huh. my modular really nicely. And then they've got the injector, which is like a quarter inch input. Um, it's got yeah. a fetch sand, you know, envelope follower gate generator with a guitar preamp on it. And then they have one that's just for effect sending to non-modular gear. I forgot what that one's called, but really high quality stuff. Um, and yeah. finding that has been really like, those have been my launching points to really yeah. start doing this. Um, yeah, so it's really interesting. I mean, I just started experimenting with that the other day. Yeah, I've been through that. I've got a Bafaco instrument input and I've got the N2WS, like, you know, balanced IO with eight in and eight out, which is always, I don't love it. And I don't love the Bafaco in certain ways either. So yeah, I I find that I but I actually don't think it's either of their faults. I just feel right. like when those signals come in, they are just more, especially a vocal. It's just a different kind of energy, you know. It's mm -hmm. it's quite intermittent energy. It's not like an oscillator is really blazing when it's on. Mm -hmm. You know, its intensity is fierce, uh, e even after it's been enveloped, you know, there's a lot of intensity to that signal. It's a bit different to a vocal or an instrument that has a lot of dynamic range. Mm -hmm. And they're just yeah. the inherent dynamic range of the signal just like reveals the noisiness and fuzziness of Eurorack, which is unfortunately a given. And in this mm -hmm. system, for example, if I put a heavy compressor at the end of the chain, which it can kind of frankly do with at times because it gets a little quiet, um, then I feel the noise floor brings up all of the clocking noise from the mimeophone and like, and the ER301. And also I'm going through an ECR plus, you know, the, um, the tasty chips, uh, convolution reverb Okay. at the end of the chain, just an on, I just have a wet dry blend that I will just add sometimes. Uh, yeah. and just there's, there's noise floor. And I, I thought actually the only thing that could maybe help is, um, the Sound Machines, that company that make the Stolper Beats, they also make this kind of send and return little module. It looks like about 6HP or 8HP or something. I think that could be interesting because it's sort of like, you could, it's like a malt that has a mix on it. So okay. like you, mm -hmm. can, you can use it to do like wet and dry sends. I'm doing wet and dry sending on this. That's how I get the Luba like, and, the, and the instrument level separated. Okay. So I can actually play into the loop looper, the loop, the, you know, the instro one without hearing the dry voice at all, because I can take the, I basically molt the signal. It's really complicated signal routing. You know, that's what you end up getting into, isn't it? It's like to yeah. switch the oscillators. It's like they basically go into their own VCA bank and then like the level from the preset selects which one goes out to the mix of that vca to go on to the next stage which is the mm -hmm. filtering stage right and then from right. the filtering state no the uh, you know the amplitude envelope and no the filtering's first and then it goes into the amplitude envelope and then from the amplitude envelope it goes into a split sends it on to the effects and it also goes into the looper do you have like, like a notepad so that you have to use to keep track of the signal chain or is it just uh, like i ought to i think i, I think <laughs> the thing is i'm moving studio so this how whole modular has to come down i have to unplug oh. and take everything out mm -hmm. which is fine but yeah it will be a pain to lose this patch but um well i think i'm just going to really really write it down this time yeah and, and try and document it i think like raymond scott was really good at that he 
he would, and I mean, obviously Ben Divkid, he does these amazing PDFs with his stuff. Um, and hats off to him. That's so much work. But I think if you've got a system that works, it can really, only if you're doing a patch like this, I want to really explore this. Every night I kind of just cruise on it for a couple of hours and just mm -hmm. hit record. And there's some real lovely moments just because I just start to, What's nice about it is even like doing something like that, what we're, we're, we're hearing is like just have a little sequence that is consistent from something like the NerdSeek. And, uh, you know, it kind of limits how complex the thing becomes. Mm -hmm. It sort of just becomes like a little arpeggiated phrase. Obviously, just having a one-bar phrase like that isn't quite as magic as maybe having a four-bar one. But, you know, once you set up like the parameters of the jam, you can kind of then stretch out with the freedom this system allows and just kind of play with it and the tone colors. And there's so much mm -hmm. tone color that comes from the different shaping possibilities. And having the circadian rhythms has been amazing too. Having something that's just sending out rhythmic triggers that are in sync and everything goes into a QCD so I can vary the ratio relative to the master clock downstream mm -hmm. to the circadian, to the nerdseek, to the maestro, um, you know, it's sort of like just, and yeah, it all comes from the Acme. So the, actually it's all in sync with Ableton as well, because the Acme is, is the clock boss. And so overdubbing has been really good. Overdubbing nice. is amazing. Okay. So you can kind of like hit record into the, do one pass and like rewind and then do another pass mm -hmm. and it's all locked in. And like, you know, it's been, it's suddenly becoming like the thing I've been wanting in modular for ages, like this sketch pad. Like uh -huh. a super quick way of just kind of going, that tone sounds really good. And like, even on that, like I was showing like how you can store a preset, which is basically the reset button effectively, but you can also store presets and like have like, like held states of the mimeophone where it's like just ringing in a crazy, like, mm. and you like that yeah. note and you can save it and always come back to exactly that, which that is, is a lot yeah. of compli complicated thing with the flame cc to cv that's 16 plus the eight you've got 24 variables essentially and there's four gate signals so yeah there's like you know it's 28 variables plus the midi and then the midi is sending all kinds of stuff to the looper and it could potentially be sending stuff to the to the computer to trigger like samplers and you know, you just, you can make it like the hub that I wanted it to be. But I'm basically mm -hmm. waiting for my new studio, which is going to have the Zale AM1, which is going to have like six CV channels. And then I'll be able to do all this stuff, like to clean up the signal path on this, for example, to get rid of all that clock noise I was talking about. Like what I'd end up doing is like taking the signal and basically try to make it so that you can kind of emulate this, the path of the VCA I mean, uh, the VCO going straight to the output. Like, you know, oh, every VCA mm -hmm. that's in the path of that is going to change the signal tone a little bit. Mm -hmm. Although, you mm -hmm. know, depending on what that VCA is doing, you know, if it's not mm -hmm. really summing and it's, it's kind of passing it, really it oughtn't to be doing too much, you know, um, you obviously. And so I, I was thinking like, yeah, you get a bunch of these wet dry boxes and then before a, each of the stereo effects, you basically, when the wet and dry fader is down on my fader, then effectively be passing the signal, completely bypassing that effects unit. Right. So it won't be going yeah. through it in a, in a off position. The effect will always be a hundred percent wet and you'll actually just push into it. 
So effectively, that's the real only way, I think, to really clean it up. And it's such a pain in the ass to do. Yeah. You know, I, and that's just I to mean, clean up the signal. It's like, that's when it gets ridiculous. But hey. Yeah. My my fix for, for that kind of thing is, is again, much more uh, caveman-ish than yours. But I basically have gotten in the habit of um, just as many, you know, I've, I can do eight tracks here. So I try to do all the dry and all the, you know, st- even the, the, you know, the, t- the stereo, everything separate, because if there's, you know, mm-hmm. a little nice. bit of a frequency here, then I can, d- you right. know, I'm not d- ducking the whole thing. And because mixing stereo stuff, when you have a full big patch in modular, I mean, you really have to get right. it sounding where you want it before you commit it to tape or whatever. That's um, interesting. That's interesting. The good thing about I mean, this um, yeah. loopy thing, which I discovered, which has been great, because um, the loopy runs on the iOS, they have got a version for, you know, Mac OS and stuff now, or just, you know, desktop. But this current configuration, the output of loopy goes into a Lynx Aurora, an old one, a silver Aurora Lynx with the USB card, which makes it class compliant. So I've got 16 ins and 16 outs into loop. Oh, wow. Oh, so wow. All, I haven't configured it that way, but all of the loops that you, all those four loops could have their own stereo pairs. So you'd have three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine and 10, yeah. say, on a console coming into a sound card. So each of the loops would be on a separate channel but you could still monitor it whilst you were jamming out of a mixing desk. But you do need a desk for that, or at least <laughs> a sound card, a way of monitoring in the computer. But hey, it's all doable. And like I said, I have I have, I thought of that, but I tend to be of the opinion now with this setup, for example, like I will do something like that and just kind of go, okay, well, I was doing that little bass motion and it was a little bit lacking. So I need to overdub a heavier bass doing that line and I might go mm-hmm. into contact and bring out like a a string instrument like this really high res and just sort of double my intentions and just kind mm-hmm. of go what was I trying to do let me like augment it with like flutes and like some other sounds so you know and like basically like use that first pass as my intention pass and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. and trust the fact that I was feeling it and flowing and like, mm-hmm. and like, just use that and not worry about was it lacking something. If it is, then you can do EQ cuts on the two track. You can, I've been doing these really cool things in Ableton where I like just put, you know, Fab Filter Pro Q3s and just do an EQ band that's just the side band. And then just mm-hmm. sort of like put an LFO on that in Ableton and just move the frequency in the side band around. Oh, like nice. you can you can automate the EQs, you know, after you've done yeah. the two track bounce, and like yeah. you know, you can split the signal into multiple bands, and like you could have like a template for that, so that you could go, yeah, sure, I'm gonna have some issues with this, but then I'll I'll put the two track into this kind of like fixer, and then I can isolate my parts. And also another thing I've been really into is like run the entire thing into Melodyne afterwards, okay, and then like then overlay. A- other chordal intentions on top okay and make it conform to the scale of other things you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm, that is mm-hmm. really beautiful i feel like that's an avenue to really like find like entirely new tones one of the things that frustrates me about working with traditional oscillators in a you know say a traditional bookler surge or you know whatever coast you're dealing with 
you're still dealing with oscillators and you're still dealing with that core sound, which is very 70s, you know, or, or 60s, 70s. So it's like how to modernize that, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Totally. And I think yeah. it comes from effects, it comes from process, and it comes from like one of the things that's cool about this is once it comes into Loopy, Loopy has like, it has iOS effects from fab filters. So you can put satin on, you can have, I've got like the, or the EQs are all the Volcano 3, and like, they sound really good. And like you can put a limiter on the master bus, and it's just, it is a little um, DAW in itself, Loopy. Yeah. Yeah. And can yeah. host all these iOS, like basically all these, um, these plugins. So it's been a real crazy journey learning Droid, yeah. <laughs> learning Loopy, uh, learning a little bit about NerdSec, although I'm definitely not very good at it, or Circadian. I've just got that. Mm-hmm. And. Yeah, man, you know, but then, of course, by doing this, my whole modular rig is now consumed with the task of pulling off this patch, right? Right. If I want to do, like, drums, which I do want to do, I, I I thought to myself, well, look, this whole thing is in sync. I can send a clock out, and Circadian can do an entire drum part and basically mm-hmm. do a rhythm box. And uh, my new thing with the rhythm boxes is that voltage-controlled equalizer, though. So, like, the entire mix of the drums would go into that L1 resonant EQ. Mm-hmm, so it would kind of mm-hmm. give it this kind of, like, weird, chintzy kind of filtered tone. <laughs> it would yeah, sort of take yeah. it down a notch so it felt a bit more like an old rhythm box because I don't like the sound of, say, like a BIA or something, like, just blazing dry out of a thing. First of all, it's been mm-hmm. used way too much, I think. And like, you know, it just doesn't feel like yours almost. So like yeah. something that's going to give the character that is yours. Yeah. And then, totally. you know, yeah. Anyway, yeah.
All right. So we are like at an hour. I think this might be the fastest one of these has gone by because I feel like we just started. Like I, I have, I have True. so much other stuff I want to talk to you about, but I feel like um, I can't take all of your time. So just one final question. One final question before the Patreon bonus section. Regarding this patch, then, I, I, I don't know if me and you were chatting about this online or if I heard it on uh, Hanging Out with Audio Files, but you're, you have recently started working on an album or, or have finished an album. Uh, or... Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, there is. Uh... <laughs> Man, and this is not it, you know. But this is well. That's what I was going to ask: yeah. Is this patch for one track, or is this patch something no. you're trying to build to do an entire performance with, or an entire set of songs with? Or that's interesting. I, I, I think one thing's for sure: I could imagine uh, cutting down this patch because the MIDI power of Droid is so strong. Like mm -hmm. in a weird way, that actually makes it the most powerful because you can really interface with the laptop or the iPad in pretty, you know, really powerful ways. Uh, and then you don't need that many cables, obviously, because all of it is happening out of a MIDI cable. So if I were to take this in a smaller performance case or something, I would have less faders, obviously, and um, just probably lean more on the MIDI side of it. And so at the end, it just becomes like MIDI fader box, but a really mm -hmm. nice one, <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, with yeah. like recallability and that that is like your own and not quite the same as having like a Behringer or something. Mm -hmm. It just would just, I don't know, it just feels more special. But, uh, and it does also, of course, have CV ready to go and it can take inputs and transform the inputs. So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, yeah, there's so many other patches I want to make with it. Um, that's upsetting so basically what i probably need to think about doing is yeah i've been doing all these jams for the whole of january pretty much once i've got this thing off the ground i start just pressing record <laughs> mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i thought to myself well what i might do is set up a little record label like like tower records but Howard records hanging out with audio files records oh nice yeah just, yeah and then just have have an outlet for this stuff i do because mm -hmm. at the moment I just have a folder on my computer called search for sound and it's like I populate it with my modular stuff and I remember interviewing Alessandro Cortini and he and I said to him oh you must have loads of unreleased stuff and he goes no I release it all yeah so I was like oh and then I'm like well I should probably release it all you know just because I get super into it and I'm like this is my life candle burning this is how i'm spending my life on this planet you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this is what i'm doing with my energy and i'm giving it all my energy so obviously i care about it and when you care about your art isn't that's when you put it together and release it i mean of course yep. there can be too much i'm not going to say i'm just going to offload arbitrary mm -hmm. night's work <laughs> and just go that's mm -hmm. an album it's still going to be filtered and considered, but maybe less so than my usual process that is like exhaustive and like perfectionist and, you know, mm -hmm. yeah, can yeah. really okay. like well, kill the vibe. Yeah. I mean, that's a thought I had the other day. And I thought if I could do that, I would be really happy because I, I, I am working on a more traditional album and it's, it's been a massive labor of love. 
Mm-hmm. And I always talk about it on the pod like I'm going to work on it, but I do get distracted by <laughs> all of this, I suppose. Yeah. yeah and it, but totally. then I realize it's not really a distraction. It's a passion, you mm-hmm. know, and it's like where I want to be mm-hmm. yeah. right now. But the, the fact is I do or I ought to, and I want to, let's not make it immoral here. I also will and want to finish this album. And like, it's been cool actually just having massive amounts of space between doing stuff. Like the other day I came across a mix that I was working on for days and thought, oh, I did a good job, but wow, I missed this, this, and this. And I wouldn't have noticed it had I not had that space. And it is a bit ridiculous. Yeah, Yeah, it's taken Mm -hmm. me a long time. I started recording the album like over two years ago, you know. (laughs) You know, so, but I interviewed this guy, Rustin Man, on the podcast, and he took 15 years to make an album. So it's still within the, well, within the brackets of acceptability, I think. This this stuff that I'm working on right now, I sent you those videos. um, Yeah, great. You know, just just demo, Mm -hmm. just kind of figuring stuff out. But, you know, this, this, it's it's more of a feeling of what I want to express, and it's not even like a specific thing. It's just more like a yeah. vibe or a feeling. And I've had that since yes. before Modular, and I still haven't made that record <laughs> yet. But I feel like right. that track that I sent you, I was like, this is my starting point because this is like perfect. I have captured something. Now I just need to make the perfect patch to play it through and find the yeah. f- perfect field recording area to nice. do it and then nail a perfect take while cool stuff happens around me i've been i've recorded <laughs> probably a hundred takes of this track wow. on my front porch with just my guitar and a field recorder because um so much interesting stuff happens around me That's but i so need cool. that yeah. i need that interesting stuff to happen at the right parts and i need to play this nine minute song with a perfect take of course i could edit it all together but there's something that i want to do it all in one and i don't i mean it's it's a huge waste of time probably but i don't know why that's important to me um i love it man that's your passion and that that's that's what it's all about i mean you know yeah like we've said already we could do this way easier inside a computer you know quite frankly there are much easier ways to do this but when we Mm -hmm. find that sweet spot and we are heading for this thing like, and you do create the instrument. There is a certain beauty and satisfaction from that. I love making these instruments when they yeah, all work together 100%. and you feel like, mm-hmm. oh, man, like I had this thing in my head and now it exists. One thing that I was mm-hmm. going to say, like just an aside, like, and I'll make it quick because I know we're, we're wrapping up, but um, one thing that always shocks me with these kind of things, you set up a series of parameters. I suppose this is stands to reason in a way, but it always is surprising to me. The instrument that I've made, it has a real character. Like all the recordings mm-hmm. I've made with it kind of feel like they all belong together because it's obviously it's the same core components, but it's really interesting what that character is. You know, the mm-hmm. character is also the noise floor. The character is also like the kind of kind of distortion that it has. The and ki- it's like know, the, the sum kind of, of your yeah, decision making some of the process. Yeah. Like, and yeah. what, like what's going on it. So like, it's your modular voice, you know, that's what I really yeah. like. It's like, that's right. My, my modular music doesn't sound like my electronic music pre-modular, but I <laughs> yeah. feel like both of them sound like Tim either doing non-modular yeah. electronic or vice versa. So, um, Absolutely. yeah. And I think that's Absolutely. really special. Um, yeah, man. one yeah. last thing, just, this is a All quick, right. this is just a quick one, but, um, I believe you and I started our podcasts within months of each other. So is have you right? hit the, f- I That's think so. so cool. If I remember it, I'm, have you hit five years? 
Ah, officially. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Right on. Congrats. That's right. This no, year, congrats, or was yeah, it? Absolutely. It's a good question. Yeah. I, oh, I could have. I should know, but I don't know if I can remember. Yeah. Let me see. I think I've got my pods here. The episode. Let me see. Episode one. Patrick Carney. It was done. Yeah. When was it recorded? 2017 July. Okay. So I started recording in 2017, no, October, but then didn't yeah. release until March of 18. So I'm I'm a month and a half away from yeah. my five year. Amazing. You've done a lot more episodes than me. <laughs> Hats off to you, man. <laughs> but, I mean, I well, sort of you... screwed myself doing the nitties because the nitties end up taking me sometimes yeah. over a week. Like well, just to I... conceive of. I've just recently like, so I'm doing video now, um, you know, so video nice. versions of the, of the demos and stuff. And it's just adding that has been, I, I understand what you're saying now with the nitty, like when I'm trying yeah. to set up a patch or something for just like a little video portion of oh, the intro of the episode that takes so longer than anything else. Yeah. It's oh, insane. God. How long uh, it it's, takes. A, it's ridiculous. Like it's ridiculous. sometimes. Until, yeah. Because it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It'll be a whole day. I'll just go like, oh, yeah. you know, cause you know, cause I want to be, I'm one, I'm, I'm, I'm demoing these things for people who, you know, who it's their mm -hmm. business. Right. So I want to do it justice. Right. That's so, it. Yeah. you know, I want to make sure it's good. So, you know, next thing I know, my wife's home from work and she's like, you're still working. And I'm like, I, but I haven't really done anything. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now it's hard to explain, isn't it? I mean, but I think anyone who's in this world, I know, quite frankly, a lot of these creative endeavors, things take so much longer than you'd imagine. Oh yeah, totally. uh, and you know, that's yeah, all good, man. You know, it's just like mm -hmm. if, you, if you're gonna have standards and high standards, then uh, they, you know it takes time. But there, there's a beautiful satisfaction from doing a job well, isn't there? When you no, do do definitely. it and you put it out, you go, oh, "That was actually really good." And, and I, I, think I try to get to that with a pod when I'm like, I put it out and I go, "I really couldn't have made that much better." Mm -hmm. And like, and I was like, well, that's awesome. Cause now I've got a hundred of those where I feel the same thing. Yeah. Like, and like, I feel that, that way about good. a few. Yeah. The last few episodes since I've, I've switched to video and of course, just having the, the, the thrill of, of John and Sam hanging out here. Oh um, man. Yeah. So, so cool. I think, you know, it's just, you need those recharges. Um, well, so yeah. What do you want to scream from the modular mountaintops before we get into this, uh, this Patreon bonus thing? If you have time for that, like ten minutes, maybe. What do you mean? What do I, I want keep, to scream from the mountaintops? Uh, I don't know. Is there any? I guess. What do you want to promote? Do you have anything to promote? Oh. Do you have any proclamations, advice? Oh, I see. Uh, I see. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> no, I mean, uh, it's a tricky one, isn't it? It's. Um, I like when people I think stop and think about it. Yeah, I think I'm just <laughs> trying to work out, like, uh, I think uh, what I've been proud of with this patch is that I really stopped to ask myself, what do I like to do? You know, how do mm -hmm. I like to express myself? I mean, in my case, it's a bit simpler because I've had a long history of looping and I know that I'm really capable of expressing my ideas with a looper so i was like i need a looper but i need my own looper that's a bit different to any looper that i've had before mm -hmm. and i and i think just setting down with a very sort of 
like uh yeah with a fixed idea in mind and like trusting myself in that way where i was like that would be really good you should really do that and then following through on it that felt mm -hmm. really good so yeah. i would say like try to stop don't before you patch and just kind of go what is it that you know how can i really express myself you know like how what is the, the thing that i'm good at in a way like with me like interacting with loopers I, I can just do it because i've practiced it a lot some people are amazing keyboard players so working out the most expressive way to use that interface ought to mm -hmm. be well could be a good thing to prioritize you know and That's like so funny of, i don't That's know just what i'm doing at right your strengths. now yeah because bring it, you know, and trust I'm it, definitely it'll be better so at guitar. Good if you do mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. right? I'm not and, a great yeah, modular I mean, synthesis, to be honest. I mean, I same, think I'm, same. I think I'm okay. Um, but Absolutely I think I have same. a good ear for finding cool stuff, and I'm yeah. very proficient on guitar, decent on keys. So I'm getting way more into like, okay, I'm going to play yeah. the music I want, but I'm going <laughs> to control it with this stuff, you know? Like, yeah, absolutely. So. And the unperson thing on YouTube has been something I've really enjoyed, just because he chose to me like what is so cool about modular in a, in a, in a really simple way. It's basically, he's using effects most of the time. Mm -hmm. He's just using effects to like sculpt his tone and it's really powerful and you get such a I'm huge variety that from that. It's really, really worth a watch. He's, he's got a great presentation style too, really mellow and unpretentious. He's just really mm -hmm. good at what he does. The music yeah. is, is really ace and like, uh, you know, yeah, no hats off to the, to, to yourself and obviously all the community, Div Kid, Milo Melodies, Red Means Recording, like all the crew, Andrew Wang, and like everyone mm -hmm. making their stuff. It's always exciting to to see what everyone's up to, and you know, um, yeah, man. I just I just feel like, yeah, taking a second to sort of focus on the patch before just patching. Maybe that's it. Maybe mm -hmm. that's the thing. <laughs> I think it's good advice. Yeah, it's not great advice, is it? It's pretty simple, but at the same time, I think you know. Once you're, you know, sometimes that moment with the with the with textbook, that's what I end up doing. Like you're asking me to take notes, I take so many notes. I mean, like mm -hmm. I've got like books upon books of just uh -huh. notes for this patch, notes for how I learnt Droid, notes for how I break down everything. Taking the big task. This is what I'd recommend. Take the big task, the big dream. And then go, okay, how is it made? And what are the parts that I can do now? And what parts do I need to learn about? And then kind of go, right, I need to learn Droid if I'm going to do this thing. So, okay, I need to learn the rudiments of Droid then. I'm going to have to watch videos. I'm going to have to study it. I'm going to have to put the hours in. Do that, but don't lose focus on why you were doing it in the first place. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It is a little bit like executive functioning overview stuff of just kind of managing the dream. And like, mm -hmm, you know, totally. you get distracted along the way and you probably might change your plan along the way. But I think having a way to break down a big idea into small parts is like key to like I'm really 100% getting it done. So that's another reason I got these, I think, and it has to do with, you know, the ADD thing is this little yep. setup of the pods in my Strega. Nice. This yep. is my guitar rig. This is my guitar rig. Awesome. Um, yeah. This is that's my powerful. drum rig. 
And then that yeah, is yeah. just everything else. You know, if I need a little boost from anything yeah, else. Yeah, that's headspace mm-hmm. stuff, isn't it? It's just kind mm-hmm. of like, I totally. agree. That's one of the big things we're having. A big case is really complicated, even though I mm-hmm. essentially have done that in little islands. But it's just yeah. a very intense kind of determination because you're looking at this really intense object and your brain is like, oh my God, this thing is overwhelming. Yeah. You're like, mm-hmm. nope. That's why I like the faders, you see. Because that becomes like the only thing I need to concentrate on. I don't need to concentrate right. on the rest. Yes. I just yeah, like control express forge. myself with the faders. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, this is how I'm interfacing with this thing. And yeah. like it's a, it, it, and that really helped me just sort of like an interface that feels good because a lot of the faders and stuff in Eurorack, they feel really bad, you know? There's just mm. like these flimsy little spindly things. Or just They're not yeah. a good way to express yourself. That's not mm-hmm. acceptable as far as I'm concerned. That's you yeah. know, that's why other synths excel and why Eurorack can sometimes fail. It's because the configuration and the format, it, it, people cheap out on the, on the pots or they try to fit more functionality in a small space. And it's just the user experience suffers as a result so much that it's almost yeah. like it kind of kills it for me mm-hmm. so like yeah. i end up thinking that i don't like that i used to <laughs> love tim exile's thing with the faders it feels amazing to me and like you know one thing i'll say like sending frequencies and stuff from the fader directly in droid you have to be careful because um you get this kind of like um, zippy sound from the digital to analog conversion Mm-hmm. Um, but, but, you, but he has like these high, he has these filters in, in, in the droid itself, which you can use and like, it kind of smooths it all out. So I've had to learn all kinds of weird stuff about the way that it actually works. Um, <laughs> but now, now it works, you know? Yeah. So anyway, but there you go. Nice. Horribly long and long winded rambling answer. Well, You're thank welcome. you so much for your time. It's always a pleasure to get to chat in person. Um, Absolutely, man. Yeah, it's funny since Let's we've chatted, what, you know. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to make it a yearly thing. <laughs> All right. All right, that's our episode. Thank you so much for coming back to Podular Modcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe if you're taking uh, your Pod Mod episodes in on YouTube. Um, thank you again to Novation. Uh, the Summit is a beast of a synth, and I'm absolutely loving it. Thank you to Patchworks for their continued support. Please visit them online at patchworks.com. That's patchworks.com. And also thank you to Forum Mess for their support of the show. I cannot recommend uh the the shaped dual envelope vca high enough it's one of my favorite modules um probably it's probably one of my favorite modules that i've had in like the last two years it's just it's opening up a lot of new ideas for how to uh make interesting things happen in my patches uh what else if you would like to support the show on patreon let's get to 200 for real this time i've been saying that for two years but let's actually get to 200 and you could possibly find yourself in a position where i pass on some modules patch cables or all of the above or cassettes or stickers um and then yeah i want to load some of my demo stuff up from the show as sample packs um so yeah that's patreon.com forward slash podular modcast thank you again to jamie liddell for coming on the show um go check out his podcast hanging out with audiophiles i love that show um yeah and this week's secret word is gonna be gilded cage I just read it off of a piece of art. Gilded Cage. Until next week.